Hey, Secrets of Success listeners, Deanna here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Well, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. See, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Now, how many of you can use some additional information so you can make smarter decisions with your money? It's okay. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Because the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like saving on travel. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night, maybe a a small shopping spree or a fancy dinner or two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, seriously, like a real-life cheat code, and then saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It just loves a good plot twist. So listen to Merrick Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Welcome to a journey of transformation empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite change and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix. A Master Plan for Black Group Economics with Wealth Creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity This isn't just a book, it's a movement, a call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear, drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of the Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Well, folks, Antonio T. Smith Jr. is doing it again. He's done it again. 
Yes, he has. Giving away so much knowledge just to help you succeed. Walk out of the middle class. Become a multimillionaire. He is giving away his book just for you. The name of that book? The Richest Man in the Trash Can. You want to make sure you get this book. Here's why. If you are someone who is tired, frustrated, irritated of the day-to-day schedule of waking up, going to work, going back home, going to sleep just to do it all over again, not being able to spend time with your family, you just got married, you just had kids, or you take care of your parents and you're not there to do it, this is the book for you. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, this book is free 99. Yes, you heard me. Free 99. Okay? <laughs> All you for free. Yes. Free 99. All you have to do is just pay shipping and handling. That's it. $9.95 just to get your free book. This book is a life changer. I'm trying to tell you guys everything in this book is what Antonio taught myself in grace that enabled us to retire. Yes, we are retired and we haven't even hit our 40s yet. Woo! I'm just saying. I got a few months to go. Don't worry about it. Shh. Don't nobody need to know that, girl. <laughs> you don't look it. That's it. Go get it. Go get it and walk yourself out of the middle class into the life you deserve. Walk yourself into abundance. Abundance is freedom, and this book is your journey out. You can plant better. You can dominate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret to Success podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. His name is Mr. Bruce Matson. Welcome, Mr. Bruce. How are you doing today? I'm doing great today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being with us today. So, Mr. Bruce, you have an amazing story. If you could tell our audience more about you. Sure. Uh, well, I've been an educator uh, for 28 years. I, I've been a teacher and a building principal. And I've also done a lot of coaching, football, basketball, track. And so working with kids has pretty much been my life. Uh, but back in December of 2013, I kind of got a wake-up call where things changed for me, where I was diagnosed with stage 4 follicular lymphoma. It was through all my lymph nodes, all my bone marrow. And it just made me look at life very differently and kind of reprioritize things and and uh, eventually led me to writing a book. So it, it's um, it, it's uh, been quite a process, but I, I I think I've come through as a better person in the end. Well, I'm very happy to hear from you today. Um, so what you went through led you to your book. So can you tell us more about your book and what it's about? Sure, sure. My my book's called From Goo to God. Again, the goo means godless ocean origins to God, grace-ordained designer. And it's re- it's a science-based defense of creationism versus evolution. And as a teacher, I've been frustrated over the years where the, the state-approved curriculum always promotes evolution, and there's never any other option. Now, I know in school setting you can't promote God or faith, but there's lots of science-based evidence that really does go against evolution, and that's not part of what we teach the kids. And so I think it's, 
I feel like it's been deceiving to our kids and we're, we're, we're promoting something that doesn't have a sound uh, scientific basis. And again, going back to my book, I, I do, I am a person of faith and I do believe in a creator. And the more I research things, I found that there's lots of science, actually all the science I could find supports intelligent design, intelligent design from the beginning. And there's no other way to explain it other than a creator because no natural processes can create things with the intelligent design that's been found in pretty much all things. And so that's uh, pretty much what my book is about is it's, 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 it's all the science that, that either um, shows that Darwinism isn't true or that supports intelligent design to show that there has to be something else. And I believe that it's a, a creator who were created in his image and, and that's uh, why we're here. All right. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to reading that. Um, so my, from that, my next question is you said that, uh, there, when they sent over your information for the interview, it's the very first thing I see is I'm so glad I got cancer. Can you break <laughs> that down for us? <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, um, I, I think that prior to getting cancer, the focus in my life wasn't right. I've always been a first person of faith, but I, I can, can't say I really walked in it. That I, I think I was a person that went to it when there, was, there were weddings and funerals and baptisms and, and when times of need, and I, I wasn't really living it. And so, and, and I had, I, I think I was very um, believing that I could do everything with my efforts, my self-efforts, my self-will, um, and not seeing and appreciating and including those around me who are are part of our growth, part of how we get to where we get to. And and I just see, saw myself being too goal-oriented, too – not that that's a bad thing, but always shooting for the next level, whether it's as a coach, as an educator, as a – school administrator, you know, to get the next level, to get the next pay raise, forgetting or missing the things that are truly important, where, where, who are the people who love and care about you, your family and your friends and all those you interact with uh, on a day-to-day basis. And I, I just learned to, I, I began to realize that I'm not seeing what's important and it's those people and, and the process of including them, because that's when you get true joy in your accomplishments is when you can share with other people and and otherwise it's kind of hollow and shallow. Hmm. That I can definitely agree with you on, Mr. Bruce. One of the things that Antonio always teaches us is you can't do life alone. Right. Because when you do life alone, you have no one to, like you said, celebrate with. You have no one to, you know, share your accomplishments with. And and so with that, my, my next question would be what, with everything you just said, what, why do you think human beings seek spiritual meaning? Well, 
I, because I believe we're, we have a creator, and I believe my, my book shows that we have a creator, that we're created with a bit of his spirit within us. And I think there's a part of us that only our creator can fill in that in, as part of our spirituality, as far as our, our want to, to know where do we come from? Why am I here? Uh, what is my purpose? What is my value? And so I just think that when you truly get your mind focused um, and understanding there's a creator, then you start to realize I was created with a purpose. I was created with special gifts and, and abilities, and, and I'm uniquely made compared to anybody. So I'm special in God's eyes. I'm special and, and unique, and I, I have a unique um, purpose in mind from him. So I think we all seek to find that. At least that's what I'm finding. I'm seeking to find what my true purpose is now that the focus of my life is faith-centered instead of me-centered. And, and, and I'm just finding that I'm, I'm finding getting so much more joy in life and I, I'm having so much more peace in life when I'm, I'm putting my faith first, which includes then the other people around me first, and it's just making me far more in tune with them and um, that it's not a matter of titles, position, power that truly gives happiness. It's knowing that you're fulfilling your purpose, that at least you're striving to do your best, that we have a God who loves us, and that to do that with the people who love and care about you. That you're, Again, we, 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 we don't go through this life alone, and, and it is far more rewarding when you, when you share that journey with others. Yes, sir, definitely. Now, with, with the shift in your life, with you going from having stage four cancer to you saying you're glad you got cancer, what, and, and looking for your purpose, what have you, what have you found your purpose to be? Uh, that's a great question. Um, again, that getting cancer got me to, first of all, I, I saw my mortality. You know, it's easy to go through life when you're healthy and things are going well. And, and I saw at some point, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to not be here anymore. And, and I wasn't so worried about, I believe I know where I'm going to be because I, 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 I'm a, I strongly believe in uh, Christ as my savior. But I started to think about the other people in my life who, who I care about and thinking, how, you know, what's on their heart? Where will they be? And I realized because I was too, I think, self-centered with my life prior, I wasn't having those deeper conversations with the people I care about. And not just, oh, do you go to church? Oh, yeah, I, I go to this church. I mean, deeper, what's truly on your heart? And, and I think the Lord's prepared me because I've been an educator for 28 years to, to be a teacher and to present, to start conversations with people 
from the from the the standpoint of of um, uh, again being an educator that I want there's certain things I know to be true about our creator that I wanted to share you know so that's I guess what goes to the book that I I started to write things down and and do a lot of research and I started to realize so many people might either their 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 faith might be weakened because they think, well, science doesn't support a creator. You know, evolution is true. Or maybe some people just disbelieve completely because they think, well, it's evolution. There's no God. And they're not willing to even consider it. So the educator in me started to write all this down and thinking, there's certain things people need to know. Science-based facts that are irrefutable that disprove evolution and it's, again, show intelligent design. You can't prove there's a God, but you can prove that no natural means, happenstance means, created all things. And and so the intelligent design in, in all things, um, I think, points us to our creator. So I, I guess I've seen it as my mission to educate people, to, to, to start the conversation. Um, to get people to think, to, to get people to hopefully have an open mind to hear the other, not just another viewpoint, but facts that maybe disprove or, or go against what they've long believed about evolution. And uh, so I see that as my role as being an educator of and, and the promoter of, of our creator and his creation. All right, and that that is awesome because I, in my personal journey, learning your purpose is always hard when you don't center yourself, when you don't focus on God, when you don't mm-hmm. focus on others. One of the greatest things Antonio always teaches me is actively listening and how everything is connected. When you miss one yes. thing, you don't know what, you know, you don't know what missing that one thing will, you don't know the the spiral effect or the butterfly effect of that one thing that you did. And so with everything being connected, you always have to pay attention to others. Actively listen to what someone is saying because what they're saying, you're going to miss something very important. And you, you, keep, uh, you keep mentioning intelligent design. So how how do you actually explain intelligent design? And and I know it's from from listening to you and then from what Antonio's been telling us, he always tells us the the grass doesn't fight to grow. It just naturally right. grows, you know. Nature naturally flows together. So right. can you explain to us how you how you would explain intelligent design? Well, I'll start with the most fundamental thing of about evolution that I believe it's clearly not true, but everyone has to believe. Uh, now, again, if 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 we if evolution is true, that means, and again, going to the, my title, from goo to God, from the goo of the oceans, the first living cell by chance, the right inorganic materials, the right heating, water, whatever, somehow combined and created a living cell. And so our most distant, distant, distant ancestors, if we truly believe that, are amoeba. 
Now, today, um, in modern science, when, you, when, we, when they study single-celled organisms, um, they're actually quite sophisticated. I mean, not only from their cell membrane, but they have, you know, a nucleus and they have vacuoles for holding food. They have vacuoles for waste. They, they have um, uh, pores in them to allow the nutrients that the water they need and, and let other things out. And so, and they also, these things work in sync with one another, you know, so they can propel themselves, whether it's with a, 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 a propeller, like a flagellum. So they have the ability to move. They have the ability to, to recognize what to eat or how to make their own food if, if they do photosynthesis. So we're talking simplistic, single-celled organisms know how to do all these. They have all these pieces. Now, the, what are the odds that that can happen just by chance, that all these different, what they call organelles, are there? And Now, again, the odds of that are astron astronomically low, that that could happen by chance, but you'd have to believe that that happened. But here's what's even more... Um, a greater argument. For instance, if you had uh, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, clearly it has it was written with intelligent intelligence, and it was bound with intelligence. You could look at that book and know that some intelligent being wrote it and made it. But yet, a single-celled organism is actually more sophisticated than than Romeo and Juliet. Again, it knows how to eat. It knows how to make its own food. It knows how to move. I mean, Romeo and Juliet can't do that. Uh, it, it knows how to take in the nutrients that it needs and, and expel the waste from its, its, its body. It knows how to do these things. And so how, how does it know how to do it? Well, we know single-celled organisms have DNA. Now, DNA, even in a single-celled organism, they say would fill several volumes of, of, of encyclopedias. Just of, in a single-celled organism, we're talking a very simplistic single-celled organism. So the DNA in a single-celled organism is far more complex than Romeo and Juliet. So would one believe that Romeo and Juliet, if you just in the goo of the oceans, could write itself and it could bind itself and, and look exactly like it is and have that structure? I mean, it, it sounds, you know, it, you know, it's implausible that you, you know, no one would think that that could happen. But a single-celled organism is far more sophisticated than Romeo and Juliet. And not only does it have the DNA, but again, it can reproduce itself. You know, that that's amazing. So, so again, Romeo and Juliet can make copies of itself. You need a machine to do that with something else, but. The book by itself can't duplicate itself, but a single-celled organism from its DNA code knows how to, you know, it makes duplicates of the DNA and it splits itself and, you know, it creates another cell. That is so much beyond what I, I believe can a reasonable person can think can just occur naturally by random forces. Um, again, uh, with, just by chance, because that's what they say happened, you know, that it just, the, just by chance, inorganic materials and energy and whatever came together. And the cell with all these sophisticated organelles and the DNA were there.
because t- today scientists cannot we we don't have our best scientists couldn't write the DNA for a single celled organism. We can't do it. I and mean, we're in awe of DNA. So since our best scientists can't write it, is it reasonable to think that it just wrote itself? You know, so it's, you know, so just the very foundation of evolution, if you really look at it, it isn't plausible. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, there's other examples I can give you of that, but it's just, again, it's very foundation that, that oh, and here's the one thing I missed out. What gave it life? It's one thing if all these formed, these organelles formed, the nucleus and the vacuoles and, and the flagellum to move it around and the cell wall, what force actually gave it life? I mean, that's another thing that, you know, uh, it's one thing for all these materials to come together because scientists to this day, Ever since the times of Aristotle, they've been trying to take inorganic, non-living things, put them together, come up with, make life. And no one has been able to do it. No one. So our scientists, with great intention, cannot do it. We can go to our greatest scientists and say, create a living cell. Just one living cell, one little amoeba. They can't do it. But we have to believe that it happened just by chance through, you know, random luck that things came together. And not only did it, again, have all those organelles, but it had DNA so it could reproduce itself, and it wrote its own DNA. And so it's, it's just, um, again, I, I think the more deeply you look at, and then again, that's straight science. You know, I'm not giving a theory. Um, no, no, again, evolution is a theory. You know, well, yeah, we think natural and organic things came together and, Right conditions happened and life occurred. But again, in the best laboratories today, we can't do that. We can't even come close to doing that. Um, would you like to give me, me to give you another example that just shows how implausible it is? Sure, go ahead. Our, okay. Well, our <laughs> all living things are made of um, um, the, one of the building blocks are amino acid proteins, and scientists today they can construct in a lab amino acids. Now, again, amino acids are not living. They're not living cells, but they're just something within all living things. But they, amino acids are either left-handed or right-handed, almost like a mirror image. Now, all living things are made up of long strands of thousands, if not hundreds, thousands, or millions of left-handed only strands of amino acids. If a right handed one is next to it, it, it actually kind of dissolves or, or destroys the, the, its pair. Now, there's like 20,500 amino acids in the, in the human eukaryotic cell. Now, scientists, they can make some simplistic amino acids, but they can't control whether they're left-handed or right-handed, so it's almost like random. So they might get six, seven, eight in a row left-handed, but then boom, there goes a couple right-handed, and it destroys a couple. You know, they can't string thousands, if not hundreds of thousands or millions, to build up because there's there, there's literally billions within a, a living cell. So scientists can't even create those left-handed strands of amino acids. I mean, they can make them, but they can't. They can't control whether it's right-handed or left-handed. And again, there's twenty thousand five hundred different kinds in our body. 
And at least the odds I saw for the odds of that being able to happen randomly in nature, they have at one, uh, one over 10 to the 125th power. So that's, if you put a 10 with 125 zeros, that's the odds against left-handed DNA strands of it that can be found in living things being occurring naturally, uh, you know, just by random forces. So one in 10 to the 125th power is, that's pretty much zero. And, and again, that's, again, our best scientists can't do it. And so, so, but that's again, a, a building block of, of, of living cells are amino acids and, and scientists can only do simplistic ones, not even close to the number we have, and they can't control whether they're left-handed, right-handed. So we got to believe some natural process figured out how to do all the left-handed and string them together. It didn't happen. So it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy because as a kid, I used to, everything that you're, you were just talking about, as a kid, I used to wonder, so how does science, you know, this is what I'm learning in Bible school, the science says this, so how is it connected? And then as I got, as I grew older and I met Antonio and he started coaching me and training, training me, and then he, he started teaching other things, you know, like exactly how we're connected and, and like you said, intelligent design, who, who can, if, if us as humans can't even figure out how to create the smallest, the smallest thing that we grew from, how can you right. explain it? You know. Right. So, thank you so much for breaking that down. Because if if we all understand our our intelligent design, maybe then we would seek, you know, seek more instead of trying to just figure it. You know, instead of figuring out, we'll actually seek more because. Like Antonio, he in the office here. He he always tells us he's like you know think about it. We are the only, we are the only creatures on this planet that can actually speak. When yes. we open our mouths to speak, our our vocal cords vibrate. Will we actually produce words? Yes, there are animals out there that when they open their mouth, they produce a sound, but we actually produce words. You know how right. how much of an intelligent design is that? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, yeah. and the one thing that um, I, I don't think, again, going back to the teacher and me, that you don't see in the textbooks. For instance, there's a, a if you Google a, a scientific descent from Darwinism, you can get actually get a, a PDF. It's called a scientific descent from Darwin Darwinism. Of over a thousand scientists and doctors worldwide, it gives their degrees, what college they go into, where they work, who say, you know, who dissent from Darwinism. They say it's not true. The reason I say that is it's implied to be true in the textbooks, and they don't tell you, wait, there's some people, highly intelligent people with doctorate degrees that don't agree with that. So you, you don't hear that side. Um, also, for instance, uh, uh, Albert Einstein believed in God. He said there is no other way because of the intelligent design in our universe that it could have just happened by random happenstance forces. Uh, again, you don't hear that Einstein <laughs> says there was a God. Um, Nikola Tesla, again, our, our, our ACDC current system, we wouldn't have electricity powered like today without him. 
he he strongly believed in God, and, and many scientists do who we who who we really respect and admire, but that's not stated in the textbooks. They and no. so uh, it's just people again. When I go back to uh, that's part of my mission is people need to know that. I mean, they need to know there's another side to this, and uh, you know, it's again. I believe all the science points to a creator, you know, and I, and I hope that people will come to that realization too. But at the very least, I hope that people, even if they aren't of faith, will look at the scientific facts and go, well, evolution can't be true. There's got to be some other truth. And then I hope maybe it'll lead them toward faith someday. But I think anyone who looks at the scientific facts would see that, evolution can't be true and, and that it isn't true. And um, so I guess that's what I'm hoping to, to, to get that information out there in a simple, understandable way that people can go, wow, I, you know, because as I've researched so, so much, uh, I've learned so much. And, and again, it's, it's only strengthened my faith. And um, so, you know, I believe that, um, the more we learn, and, and at least from what I've seen, the more I research, the more science reveals, the more it points us back to our creator. You know, that there's no other way to explain it. So. And I, I agree with you on that one, Mr. Bruce. I, I never quite understood the Big Bang Theory, but okay. <laughs> because there's, there's just so much. And, and with with studying now, I wasn't the greatest in science, but I did do some, I did pay attention to a lot of things. And, and like you were saying, like, you can't, it's, it's hard to break down how things actually thrive. Like, how, how does a bird know to flap its wings to fly? How does a baby know to cry when they're hungry? How does, right. you know, how, how does a gazelle know to run when it's in trouble? Like, all, it, and it, these things, the creation of them, it just, it flows naturally with them. You know, so right. I I thank you for breaking that down for the audience because I uh, I know there's a, a lot of people who are like, okay, so, you know, they, like you said, they don't know that some of the major scientists were also highly spiritual. Right. And they, and they exactly. believe in faith. And, and, so, and, and so this leads me to another question. Do you have to be religious to be spiritual? Um. I, I don't think I'll just say no, because I see religion. Again, I, I'm just kind of my interpretation as a sets of rules of do's and don'ts and thou shall not. My faith is a relationship with our Creator. It's a relationship with Christ. That's so. I think, unfortunately, in some cases, some churches get bogged down with the process and do this and do that. When it's about getting to know who your creator is and developing that relationship and and understanding that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and he loves us, created us for a purpose and getting to know that creator. To me, that's what it's all about. You know, so it's not, so when you say religion, you know, I think more of process and rules and that's not, what our creator is all about. He, he wants, he knows we're imperfect. He, he died for to our remission of our sins. And, and 
So I, he knows we're imperfect, but he wants us mm-hmm. to get to know him and to become more and more like him as we grow. And I don't think he expects us to be perfect. And Christ never condemned anybody in his life. He, he helped anyone from the, the leper to prostitutes. He, he went right to them and he talked to them and he helped them. He didn't exclude anybody. He didn't scorn anybody. He didn't turn anyone away. That's my creator. That's who, who I believe in and and um, want, want others, hopefully, to come to know, too. I have, have a, just a couple more questions for you. Do you think that if we actually acknowledged our imperfections instead of running from them, that it would draw us closer to him? Yes. Um, you know, it's part of recognizing our our frailties, but but then entrusting him to, to teach us, to show us, because there's so much in the Word. If people will read their Bible, if they will, that there's so much wisdom in, 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 in the good book that um, I think if people will actually pick it up and read it and, and study it and ponder it, they'll see that there are answers to many of the things, the problems they've have had in their life and the things they struggle with. And again, it's a process. No one's going to read the Bible, say, through one time and go, okay, no, I'm a perfect person. It's not going to happen. Again, because we, we're, 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 we're children of God. And our children, like our, our human children, have to grow and they learn slowly and they, they slowly... Um, learn more and improve and and be, grow in knowledge and make better decisions and i and I know our creator's that way too I, I believe Christ is that way too that he doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he just wants to see us striving to, to learn his truths and 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 to continue that journey to, and to trust him and and and, and our um, and we will find the, the answers if we keep our eye on Christ. All right, thank you so much, Mr. Bruce. So I don't want to hold you any longer. So my final question to you is, what do you believe has been your secret to success from from winning the battle against cancer to writing your book to still going and teaching? <laughs> what mm-hmm. do you believe your secret to success has been? Well, the moment the very moment I got my diagnosis, and I appreciate the doctor, when when he met with me one morning, within the first 10 seconds, he told me my diagnosis. And the first thought that went through my mind was, I'm going to be okay. I felt this extreme, just a strong feel like, that, like I said, I don't think I, I know I wasn't living my faith before, but this just kind of pointed me you got to look to God. God's going to get you through this. And it, 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 so it headed me, that moment headed me in the right direction to, to, to the, the direction of healing, to wholeness, to, you know, to, to true happiness. And I, I just knew, and even though I, I had to endure 18 rounds of chemo and I, I, I was beaten down physically. I, I, I was so weak. I actually, my parents had me put my things in storage and had me move home so they could take care of me. 
imagine that at the time I was 49 years old and I had to do that. My parents had to take care of me. I couldn't work for about eight and a half months. And, but in being humble like that, it got me to see what was truly important in life. And it's faith, it's family, it's friendships, it's those relationships. Those are the things that are meaningful and are, are titles and money and that important? Yes, but that can't be our priority. We have to, we're, we're, we're created to, to be with others. We're created, we're not created to be able to do this life alone. And um, I, I just believe that this whole process brought me closer. Again, it was such a blessing for me to reconnect with my parents. I had been away at the time for 22 years, and I kind of didn't know them anymore. And all of a sudden, I'm living with them, and it was just such a blessing to reconnect with them. And, um, you know, and then it, in, in also in getting sick, obviously, initially, my instincts were defensive and don't tell anybody, and, and you're going to get through this. And But... Like my sister said, your friends are going to find out. You got to tell your friends. So I started to call friends, people I haven't seen in years, and it turned into two, three-hour conversations. Again, reconnecting with people I hadn't talked to in a long time, and what I found coming out of me were things I'd never said about how much they meant to me as friends and and just appreciating them being there for me through my life. Again, things that me and my buddies we never talk like that, and all of a sudden I'm. I'm just telling them how much I love them and care for them, or I would have never said that before. So things that sadly go left unsaid sometimes, and when people pass on and go, oh, I wish I would have said this, I wish I would have said that. In getting sick, I started to say those things. And, and, and it just it brought me a peace and joy that I can't, I just can't uh, say anything more about. I mean, it just, that's what life's all about, those relationships and letting people know what, how you really think, how you really feel, and not letting those moments go by and, you know, to, to just to tell people that you love them and you care for them and you appreciate them. And, you know, it just got me to see how important that was and how I hadn't done that enough in my life prior to getting sick. Wow. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have learned from Mr. Bruce Batson today. His secret to success was not giving in, not getting defeated, and having the conversation because you can't do this life alone. We will definitely make sure, Mr. Bruce, that your the link to your book is in the show notes. And if you can please let everyone know how they can find you. Uh, yes, uh, my book is on Amazon. Again, it's From Goo to God, uh, a, a science-based defense of creationism versus evolution. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Bruce, middle initial R, Matson M-A-T-S-O-N, number one. So it's Bruce R. Matson one. And uh, I'm just excited. I hope that you will consider the facts about intelligent design and what points to a creator because it's it's eye-opening and and it's just i think it'll change your life like it's changed mine if you'll 
if, if you take a look at the evidence out there, because the science, the science is on our side. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Bruce, for joining us for the secret to success. Ladies and gentlemen, go get your copy of From Goo to God today. Thank you so much, Mr. Bruce, for joining us today. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I love talking with you. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%. And they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money. And that is not the way to become rich. It's not the way to become wealthy. And it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now. And they all want to learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your faith. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires, right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from the Elon Musk, 
How do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family? My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything. And somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money. And now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy. I've homeschooled my own children. And I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually for me to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most 
best book that I've ever written and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. Let me be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this. It almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are going to have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are going to be watching this are going to be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10 extra retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I want to send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost. I'll take the loss. And all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money the pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire i came really close so the pandemic was a blessing it was hiring people and get this everybody i had 48 job positions open during the pandemic 22 dollars an hour with paid training and i could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions hear me well 48 job positions 22 dollars an hour paid training and i couldn't find someone not one person for those job positions now is it because i hire slowly true but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. 
As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.